You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 46. Build a community of families at your parish. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a new year of the Ascension Roundtable Podcast. Before we get started today, I want to share with you something that we are really excited about here at Ascension. We've recently redesigned our website, and we're actually going to be offering some awesome new features that are going to be rolling out over the next couple of months. So you can see the new look, and you can sign up to hear about the new things happening here by going to ascensionpress.com. Okay, moving along to today's show. Today's episode is called Building a Community of Families at Your Parish. Leaving an old home and relocating to a new town is tough, but building a new community from scratch once you get there is even more daunting. Scott and Casey Seibert, along with their four children, recently moved to Indiana and found themselves in this situation. Through trust and obedience to God's will, they managed to help build a small community of young families in their new parish. Whether you are someone who wants to make your parish members feel welcomed, a single person or married couple who's moving for work and wanting to find friends, or if you're a family needing to build a community for all ages, you'll walk away from this podcast episode with practical tips and advice on how to feel at home in your new home. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we're met with Scott and Casey Seibert, a family who lives in Indiana. Uh, Scott is a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Indiana with almost a decade of clinical experience. He also serves as the Director of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. KC is a special education teacher by trade who currently works full-time in the home as as a stay-at-home mom. Uh, They live in McCordsville, Indiana, just outside of Indianapolis. Did I get that right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. No problem. And Tom McCabe is on the line as well. Um, Tom, if you want to say hello. Hello. <laughs> his, his ego is, is easily bruised, so if I don't mention him right away in the show, he gets a little upset. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. Um, Tom, I always wonder if when we have guests on and then the first thing they hear out of our mouths or we start like ribbing each other, what if they think, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> yeah, they probably think they really don't like each other. And you'd be like... <laughs> Okay, that's true. No, that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we don't mean to take you off guard. We just like to give each other a hard time. We don't we don't talk as much as we'd like to. So whenever we get on the air, we just kind of have to give each other a hard time. That's right. It's that so. it's that bromance, but it's, it's, it's more, we're, we're more like frenemies more than anything, I guess. <laughs> I feel the chemistry all the way over here in Indianapolis. <laughs> it's electric. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, we want to talk today about um, community. I know that uh, for myself, when I moved up from Atlanta to Philadelphia, uh, one of our biggest worries was uh, leaving our community behind. We had a a great community back home, and and we'll probably talk about that um, later on. But it was a big fear of ours was to move away from that community and and, uh, coming to work for Ascension and, and leaving that behind. And it's been, I can say, you know, the reason we moved was we felt God was calling us up here, and it's been it's been a good move, and we still we miss those people dearly back home. We still keep in contact with a lot of them, but uh, you know, see them, see them every day and see them on a weekly basis, and just kind of doing life with them is is not the same, and so um, we miss that. But God has been good and blessed us with um, some great friends up here. We've been uh, have had the pleasure to meet and, and get to know. And so we just want to talk about that idea of community and how how important it is. And I know you guys have a community that you. Um, 
are cultivating and you're helping cultivate other families and other communities and families. And so um, I'd like to hear your story real quick and just uh, um, of finding and cultivating that Catholic community for you guys. Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Do you want to take it away or you want me to? Okay. Well, so yeah, just a little bit of background. So we moved to McCordsville about a year and a half ago. And prior to that, we had been at a, another parish in Greenfield, and we had a young adult community that we had started when we were very new parishioners there. And uh, so in the process, we had uh, four kids, and we were almost kind of aging out, if you will, of the young adult world. And much like your story, just feeling this call to, to move and uh, weren't exactly sure where God was taking us or what he was doing. And it was nervous leaving that community behind. Our our um, third uh, child, our son, uh, his godparents are a part of that that community in Greenfield. And we're like, wow, what, what, what are we leaving behind? But we were obedient and uh, moved out here to McCordsville and were brand new to a new parish and really seeking an opportunity to engage with other families and just feel a part of something. And... Um, I've noticed that in general, families with young kids seems to feel like they're operating on an island in their their own little world, and we 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 really much desired that that community, that connection, and really desired our kids growing up in a culture uh, that was Catholic. It wasn't just mom and dad's crazy idea, but <laughs> there's actually something real and beautiful and true about what we were trying to instill in our family, and uh, so we just wanted that support and. Um, so we reached out to our pastor and said, Hey, this is what we want to do. Can you help us out? And, uh, here we are a year and a half later and it's been, it's been beautiful. Really has. Excellent. That's so good. So good. Um, what does life look like for our listeners that don't have, uh, maybe don't have kids yet, or maybe have one or one on the way. What does life look like for young, for parent, for parents of young kids? Um, it's kind of a constant train wreck. (laughs) 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 You know, there's a comedian, what's his name? Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) And he talks about when he had his fourth, imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. (laughs) Um, And it's kind of like that. I mean, it's a crazy, beautiful mess every day. Um, It has its beautiful God moments and it has your what the heck just happened moments um, constantly. So finding that balance of that level of calmness um, through all the storms and craziness that it brings. Um, but it's beautiful. Each of our four children are so different in yeah. so many ways. Um, and yet they still have, you know, similarities and just as parents looking at each other and saying, we don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> you yeah. know, no one gives you a it's humbling. book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just knowing that through marriage, we're in it together and working together um, as issues or questions arise, um, relying on our community of other parents who have experienced similar things and just saying, hey, what did you do? Or when do you do this? Or how did you handle this problem? Um, and just kind of having that community to go to is, I mean, it's a lifesaver. Um, I think all young families need a community or at least a few mm-hmm. other families to be able to relate with. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, Rosemary and I have six children. Ours are probably a little older than yours, however. <laughs> but um, so I totally understand. I get that completely when you talk about, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're winging it. It's like, no one ever gave me a manual for this. But in light of that, 
probably the community that you guys need now compared to what we need. Our youngest of six is 12, right? And how old is your youngest? How, how old is your oldest? Uh, five. Well, she'll be six in February. Mm-hmm. So totally different. So I, I, I would presume, you know, community for you guys is going to look different than say community for us right now, just given your state in life. What, what, what community does a young family, like what does community for you look like then with, with four children? Yeah, it's great. So we, we meet monthly with four other families and they each have, uh, Two, um, one family has, has three kids on the way, or a, th- a third on the way. And uh, so we, we generally get together and uh, just shoot the breeze, feed our children, <laughs> and then let them run off. <laughs> and that's usually when we finally get the, you know, 10, 15 minutes to sit down and be like, oh, all right, let's eat and, and chat. And uh, we usually just kind of talk about life. Um, we're, as, as we record this, we're in the Advent season. So we talk a little bit about what are some traditions or things you're doing for Advent? And you know, as we approach Christmas, how many gifts do you give? What, is, what does Santa do here? And you know, th- those kinds of um, young children kind of questions and just figuring it all out together and, and exploring what are some new and creative ways that other families are are bringing their kids up in the faith and we maybe we can share a little bit about what we've learned we've got four and our our child um you know is, is one of the older ones so um you know we bring a, a different perspective too and uh it yeah it, it it's it's just nice it's nice to complain about the fact that we haven't slept in six <laughs> years and people understand you know <laughs> yeah it's our path to holiness and uh, we're reminded of that so it's cool that's what I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, I'm her penance here on earth, her purgatory here on earth. <laughs> Whenever she complains, I go, hey, I'm your ticket to heaven, baby. That's what I, that's my line. I'm just kidding. I love you, Megan. Um, so you guys have uh, four kids ages uh, five to seven months. Did you just say that? Or yeah. Am I, yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. okay. So that is kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, we have a 22 year old, a 12 year old and a two year old. Yeah. So we have the opposite that we just always have a little one around the house. We couldn't <laughs> handle them all at one time. So we just spread them out a decade apart. <laughs> that was the only way we could handle it. So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys were intentional about um, finding this community. It wasn't just one of those things that just kind of happened. You were very intentional about we know that we need a community and we're going to find that community. Um, can you talk about that at all? Like how do you, you just put a sign out on the road and we want friends or how does, you know, will you be my friend today? And how does that work exactly? Um, so the first time we went to this new church, um, there was a young family sitting in front of us and our oldest Isabella is very shy, very timid. Um, and this family had a little girl who was a year younger and just turned around. They both had their Rapunzel dolls <laughs> and they just started talking, which for our daughter is very unusual. So we kind of, you know, introduced ourselves, sat in the same spot each week, kind of got to know them. Um, when we went to father with this idea, we kind of said, there's this other family, you know, that's interested too. Um, and then our pastor set up another three families. We had five all together and held the first meeting at his place. So it was kind of a mutual location. All these young families came. We kind of had this one family that we had already met at church, and then the other three were new to us. Um, And then all just kind of mingled. But we knew coming from our 
young adult group that community was important and we were missing that aspect when mm -hmm. we switched parishes. Um, so it was definitely something that we knew we needed, especially for our kids to feel connected. Um, I think a lot of young families, you know, it's hard for them to go to church because kids aren't, you know, <laughs> they're not perfect little angels during mass. Um, and I feel like if you don't have that support, you know, we can turn to the people behind us after mass and say, we survived another Sunday, <laughs> you know, and they can do the same thing. And if you don't have that, I feel like it's very, you can very easily get distracted or distraught and decide, oh, it's not really worth my time to go. And then you kind of fall away. Um, so we really wanted to create that community, not just for us, but for our children as well, to kind of have a purpose, you know, and going to church and something to look forward to and people to grow up with. Yeah, and, and a story I don't think I've even shared with you, Casey, of that, that same mass when, when we walked into church and we saw this other family uh, sitting in front of us, throughout the entire mass, I was praying to the Holy Spirit, like, you, you, and feeling this prompting, like, Scott, you need to turn in and introduce yourself. You need to turn in and introduce yourself. And so I had this, like, internal dialogue throughout mass, like, oh, no, you know, they have kids. They're going to be busy. They're trying to pray. We're trying to pray. It'll be chaotic. And just kept getting that, kept getting that, that, um, that nudge. And then I was like, okay, just, just give me, give me a little sign. Give me just a little something. And it was the Rapunzel doll. Like, oh, they, they, you know, it's, it's funny. Life of a parent with young kids, but um, yeah. And, and, and leaving that young adult community, as much as we love the community we had there, there was this hole because we were the only one with uh, with multiple kids. And um, so there was that aspect of support that that was missing. And so it kind of goes back to your question, Tom, that you said earlier, just different stages of life. It's going to you know cause different uh, types of support. And uh, one last thing I'll share about this whole community thing and really bringing it home for me was, like I said, we moved about a year and a half ago. And as we were unpacking, there was a big, tall stack of books um, I like to read. Um, but uh, one of the so, so our, our oldest was uh, four at the time and she was helping us unpack and she pulled out a Bible and she walked it over to me and she said, Daddy, this book's yours. And I and, and for me, I was like, no, 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 this is our book. And it was that that moment for me to say, hey, how can I help my my daughter? How can I help my kids truly see the beauty of our faith and 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 accept it for themselves, even at four? And and know that that Bible is 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 our book, not not daddy's book. And and so for all those reasons, I thought God was was saying, hey, you, you need to do this for yourself and for uh, your parish. And so here we are. That's awesome. So, so this. So let me. Well, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. So, so let me ask you a question then. Uh, in light of working in the in the church, you know, at the diocesan level, but uh, you know, uh, certainly at the parish level, would you say that community is something that um, is for everybody, or would you say it's uh, you know um, for those who have the time? Uh, what what have you learned now in, in being in these uh, small communities? Like, is it is it something at the that that parishes should really be worried about? Because let's face it, DREs, youth ministers, everybody, we're busy. We're, we've got our jobs. We're trying to do all this work in the parish. Uh, and do I really have time to develop this? And 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 should it be part of my job description? I know I'm kind of throwing a kind of a multifaceted question out to you, but. 
Um, yeah. Hopefully, I'm teeing it up for you. <laughs> yeah, no, you are. I like the softball pitch there, but <laughs> but but no, that those are the questions that that I'm asking every day uh, at the Catholic Center here in Indianapolis, and and really really pushing that. I know I can sp- I'll speak out of both sides uh, of of my experience, but first as my personal experience as a new parishioner, it was meeting that that family at that mass that changed my label for myself as Scott and Casey new Catholics at St. Simon to Scott and Casey parishioners Hmm. of St. Simon. It just took that connection of one other couple to see, Hey, I'm a part of something. And I think more and more families, I don't want to speak for all of them, but more and more individuals, I think desire that connection to their parish, to their local community. And, and, and really my vision for family ministry, my vision for our church is that our churches begin to become church families again, instead of uh, parish communities. And so, yes, yes, devote the time and and attention. It's going to be life-changing and it's been life-changing for Casey and I, but it's been beautiful to see how our children have grown in this community socially. And they lead prayer at dinner time now and rattle off Hail Marys every time uh, an ambulance passes by our house or our car. And it's reminders for for me that, that hey, there, there's something bigger going on. And I don't have to know all the answers. I just have to show up and be obedient. And uh, the, the Holy Spirit he's going to guide us and and that community is that that connection piece that helps me say hey I, i've got a safety net here to fall back on so long answer to your question but but yes yes and i think as as a diocesan employee it is my duty to support those parishes those dres those youth ministers uh, that are doing it and that are that are in the trenches and to make this happen. I mean, we were very lucky that we had the support of our pastor who invited us all to the rectory and brought us all together. But if you had a DRE that did that, say, hey, come over to, you know, come to this meeting room or come to my house uh, and just gather families together and, and let the spirit do do his thing. Uh, it'll it'll be worth it. I, I promise you. Yeah. Um. Do you ever do you think that people are intimidated with uh, maybe their families, uh, their kids aren't well enough behaved, or what if what if my kid there's a tantrum, what if my kid you know hits somebody else's kid in the mouth with a wooden hammer or something? Do you think that that prevents people from you know engaging with other communities because they're afraid that they're just their kids aren't aren't perfect angels and they're not well enough behaved and they're going to, you know, all these things that go through people's minds of they're going to judge me as a bad parent. And maybe it's just me. I don't don't know. But do you think that that intimidates people to? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'd I'd say those are the the, the two biggest fears in in speaking with families are what Tom brought up with time. And I didn't answer that. So I'll go back and answer that real quick. No, no one has the time. (laughs) You have to to find the time. You have to make the time. And uh, there's always a million things to be done. And and we only have four kids. But then I think the second fear that goes along with that, and and I'll, I'll, I'll be a little vulnerable here, but as a archdiocesan employee, 
I feel this internal pressure that I have to have that halo floating over my head all the time. And I have to have my life together and, and I have to walk into mass and um, they need to see my, my, me leading the way with my wife arm in arm or right behind me and <laughs> followed with their hands folded. And it just doesn't happen that way. It doesn't, um, you know, we survive mass. We really do. And, and I, I bring the kids to, daily mass when, when I can and and we we barely survived that and and it's it's humbling and it reminds me and, and especially um you through advent and the christmas season we have a savior who uh was born into straw poverty in a barn a smelly messy barn and and I have to constantly remind myself and Casey is good at reminding me too that we are broken individuals and Jesus isn't afraid of that and in fact, that's that's where he meets us. He meets us in the mess. And community life is messy. Uh, parenthood is messy. Family life is messy. And that's exactly where he wants us to be. And we have to open our eyes to see him in it. And it's that community that that helps point and fix our eyes on on that reality. And so that's why I say absolutely we need to make the time as a church and as families and don't wait for your church to do something about it. it um, we're all baptized or, you know, a lot of us here that are listening to this podcast, I, I assume are probably baptized. That's your call. Go out and uh, be missionaries in your neighborhood and in your parish community and make it happen. Well, and it takes a while too, I think for communities to form. I mean, we got lucky at St. Simon with our pastor that knew some very involved families. And so he put the five of us together and it was great and everyone showed up. But I know at St. Michael, when we started the young adult group, it was also one other couple and it took months before we got that third couple involved and then months before we got the fourth. And then we kind of plateaued at about six couples maybe. I mean, but that was after a couple of years. So um, it's very easy to get discouraged, but um, you know, forming communities and that trust takes time and word of mouth. Um, so just don't give up. <laughs> yeah. So, Casey, here's a question uh, for you. A lot of churches have a, like a mom's group, have a group for moms and young kids to come, especially stay-at-home moms to come during the day, and, and their kids can connect, and the, the moms can connect and build community. Um, this is a different type of, of community, the family community we're talking about. What would you say to somebody who says, um, you know, no thanks, we don't, really, we don't really need that because we have a mom's group at, at my church, and so, you know, we're good. Like, what would you, what would you say to them? Sure. Um, well, many things. <laughs> First, <laughs> our families group is for the whole families. It's not just for moms and kids. Um, the second thing that I have discovered for a lot of MOPS groups are they're during the day. And there's, I know, like I said, this is my first year staying home and this is our fourth child. I was never able to do the moms groups before because I worked. I was a working mom and they were always like on a Tuesday at 9 a.m. Um, and I find that true across a lot of parishes. Um, Catholic and not Catholic parishes, they're during the day, they kind of are geared towards stay-at-home moms. Um, and kind of in this day and age, I feel like there are a lot of moms who don't stay home and that time just doesn't work for them. Um, so it's great if moms can go as another group to be involved in, as another support system. But I think the family as a whole needs a group. Um, also to go along with that, if it's during the day, they're assuming your children are very little. 
Um, whereas, you know, our oldest is in kindergarten now, so she wouldn't be a part of that group. She'd be missing out because she is in school. Um, so I don't, I'm not knocking that group. I think it's great for people um, if it works for them. But I think a family group is geared towards your children no matter what ages they are, and it involves a whole family. I know our family group meets on Sunday afternoons. That's just kind of the time that works best for everybody. Um, and so I think it's just, it's more for the family and to unite other families as opposed to just moms during the day who happen to stay home with little kids. Um, I also know for me, my children are very clingy. <laughs> so <laughs> they would never do the childcare offered by moms. You know, they would be the ones running back to me. So unfortunately, I wouldn't benefit very much from that time because I'd still have my little ones clinging all over mm -hmm. me. But I do think MOPS groups are a great support for lots of people. Um, but I don't think that that should be their only support system. Gotcha. And, and if I can interject a, the, the dad and, and answer from my perspective, my experience is a lot of parish programs, and again, I'm not knocking them, they're good, but it almost pulls the dad one way and the mom the other way. And oftentimes the kids are left out or there's a youth group or something or childcare that's geared, but it's, it's not something that the family can do together. And it was really important for me and Casey that we were able to get involved in our parish as a family. And, and, and this, this provides that. And the beauty of our community, it, it worked out nicely, is the moms do go off without the kids and get their time once a month. The dads, you know, during Advent and Lent and, you know, in, in, any time in between will do service projects or go out for drinks or do a book study just as men. Um, we do double dates without kids and then our regular meetings with kids. And, and so it, it, it does provide that community. And I, I think speaking as a man, men, um, I have, I shouldn't speak for all men, but I have a hard time with, with community and meeting people. And um, it's real easy to get involved in work and, and family life. And then social life gets put on the back burner. And this uh, provides an app, an opportunity for men to come together and be men and be, husbands and be the fathers we're called to be and hold us accountable uh, to that, to be the spiritual leaders of our family. And uh, it's, it's unique in that way. And another reason why I'm, I'm championing this, this cause. Yeah. So good. So, so that leads me to a question that, that might seem kind of strange, but when you guys first got together, so there are families that are coming together that, that maybe some know each other, most probably don't. Did you guys have any kind of like a like a formal like icebreaker or like a some kind of like community building like team building exercise like you know or did you just like kind of get together and open a bottle of wine and like throw some toys on the floor and just like go at it like how did you was there like a weird or like the second um, <laughs> <laughs> it was at the pastor's house which is not baby proof <laughs> so you have all these little kids especially our two year old who was in a one year old. Um, we knew, like I said, the family that was in front of the church. We, you know, not formally knew them, but, you know, here and there. And then the other three families all knew each other. So it was almost kind of like us two families and then those three families. Um, and now the three of them, there was one couple that was very social with all of us and kind of tied us all together. Um, so it was a lot of, like, all the kids sitting around the table, the adults making small talk while we're feeding them. And then they went off. Um, and the adults kind of was like, oh, I know, what do you do? Where are you from? How did you meet yourself? You know, just kind of that casual talk while we're, you know, in my head, are they judging me? Charlie's about to break this lamp. <laughs> you know, like, 
It was very distracting and it was kind of awkward as all first meetings I think are. But then after we left, we're like, okay, nothing got broken and you know, we're all still talking to each other. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then from there, before we left that meeting, we established the next meeting date and time and place, which I think is important because otherwise I think you're going to leave and then it's going to be, oh, I don't know what works and trying to set that up with five families not together, mm -hmm. um, I think would be easy to say, oh, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I think taking that next step, even though we all felt kind of a little nervous and, oh, it's at my house next, what are they going to think? Um, it was important. And then everyone just kind of came over and the kids went off and it was, you know, each meeting we got closer and closer to each other, um, a different level of trust and a different level of, okay, they're not judging me, um, you know, that sort of thing. But it definitely takes time. It's not like we all came together and it was great and there was no judgment and no worries. I mean, there's yeah. definitely all those inside thoughts going on the whole time. Yeah, but but kids are a nice icebreaker yes. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so, so it, it does work to our advantage. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, wine doesn't help like, or it doesn't hurt like, either. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's nice to be able to find things in common. Like one of the other people worked for the same company I did through the co-op, through the schools. Um, we didn't know each other because we were placed at different schools, but we had the same employer. So, I mean, finding small things like that that you could connect with, I mean, that was in a talking point. Um, at that time, I was pregnant with my fourth, and another couple was pregnant with their second, and we were the same. Um, we were both the same time apart, like we were both 12 weeks. Um, so finding those little connections that you didn't know you even had um, helps kind of tie you in with that person. And I think through the small talk, you're kind of able to find those things, and that helps form hmm. that. It does, it does take a, a level of vulnerability to dig deeper. You know? yeah. And I think that's something you, you almost just have to hold yourself to. Someone has to be first. You know, I, I love Pope Francis's reflections on Divine Mercy Sunday with a Thomas entering into the wounds of Jesus. And that's where he discovered him as Lord and Savior. It, it takes us um, showing our friends our wounds and, uh, you know, being vulnerable enough to let them enter in. And again, I go back to that that image of just God being in the mess. You know, the, the mess of Charlie trying to break our priest's lamp is just, you know, one example of the reality of family life. And the parents can laugh because they've all been there, too. Yeah. <laughs> if there's two words that describe my family, it's dirty and messy. Or no, we say smelly and messy. That's it. Yeah. So um, I'm going to I got to preface this and have a question for you. So. Um, you know, I met Tom a couple years ago through through Ascension, and, and we became uh, friends. And he was coming in town, and he's he's met my family like kind of briefly here and there, more more formally. Oh, this is Tom McKay, who's my wife. Hello, hello, Mrs. Austin. How are you doing? That sort of thing. So he was coming in town one time, and so we had him over for the. He stayed with us for the week while he was here for some for some business, and so we got to know um, my kids and and that sort of thing. So, you know, like a few months later, he was coming back in town. He wasn't going to be able to stay with us. And uh, so I mentioned it one night at home. I said, you know, hey, so Tom's going to be back in town in a, in a, in a couple of weeks. And, and uh, my kids thought, oh, is he going to is he going to stay here? And we were like, um, I was like, no, unfortunately, because of his schedule and situation, he's going to have to stay at this particular place. And, and they were bummed, you know, that he wasn't um, they like they like I don't get it, but they but they liked him. So um, <laughs> I'm still struggling to understand that myself. But but uh, my point, my point being that it's it's good to have other people other adults, I think, in my kids' lives that have the same worldview that I do. Like, I I am intentional about trying to get people, you know, and just hope that 
they will like them. So it's, it was a blessing for me to hear them say like that they were bummed that he couldn't stay. It was a blessing for me to, to know that they, they that know that Tom has the same worldview I do and that know they were looking forward to spending time with him. Um, so my question for you, all that, all that to, for a simple question of, can you talk about how ha- having this community has impacted your children? Like I know that more, more so than just their friends, how has it impacted your children in a, in a positive way? Well, I, I can say uh, uh, the simplest answer is knowing that our kids are going to see Zoe and Isaiah and, and Hazel and all the other kids at Mass on Sunday gets them to Mass and uh, if, if donuts don't. But <laughs> so, I mean, just knowing that they're that they're going to see their friends, that they're going to see the people that they've come to love um, again gets them there. And it and I would say that's probably the the biggest one but there are the little things too just seeing <laughs> kids and community is so fascinating because it, it is kind of a microcosm of what adults are feeling <laughs> they we just put on the filters you know that like that awkward tension and like asking questions when you know like all those like awkward social things that happen they happen like in their little cluster of, <laughs> of friends but it, it, it's it's just so beautiful to see them trying and engaging and and asking things like Hey, Saint, did Saint Nick come to your house or is Saint Nick going to come to your house? And all those kind of Catholic questions are, it's fun for me to see as a dad. I don't know, but I don't know if you I agree with that. And then also just, I mean, as I mentioned, our oldest is kind of, I mean, she's very anxious, shy. Um, so another girl in our family group was also going to kindergarten this year. And even though they're not in the same class, I think for her, just knowing that she was at least going to know one other face at school um, just made the whole transition to kindergarten better. So for young families that have similar aged kids, um, I mean, I think that just settings like that make a huge difference, just knowing somebody else Mm -hmm. in the same space as you. Um, And we're lucky in our families, there's a lot of kids and a lot of our children will be in the same grades or one grade ahead or one grade below. Um, so I think that will kind of help all of our children transition. They're all excited to go to school because of seeing, you know, so-and-so from the group. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said in the beginning, Scott, it, it went from, that's when you became a uh, quote unquote parishioner at the parish mm-hmm. was once you met those families and it was, it was your parish. It wasn't just a place where you go to service or go to mass. It was your parish. That's a big, right. there's a big difference. So we're kind of running out of time and, and need to wrap up. But before we do, I want to um, ask you guys to, to leave our listeners with a little something. Um, and maybe we all came. Tom, if you have something, too, we can all kind of give our listeners a little tip as far as um, uh, building community. I know I mentioned earlier in the show that we were leaving our, behind a community when we moved to Exton and that God, that God has been really good in uh, blessing us with some some people here and some families that we're um, coming in contact with and, and meet regularly and—, and um, just how how important it is to have that community, and so I think my if I was gonna live give a tip would be um, to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. I think, like Scott, you mentioned, um, as a dad, I think we get it's easy for the for women to be social, and sometimes guys have a hard time. Like I've nope, got my friends, I'm good, I'm just gonna do our thing, and um, just to kind of step out of your comfort zone um, and and take that take that step and, and and be vulnerable because it is so important. And there's other guys that that truly want that in their lives whether they know it or not and so i think that once they see that and experience that they begin to see the value in that and will will open up and, and share as well 
Um, actually, I have two. So my other tip is this: is um, it d- doesn't always, I think, have to be a specific uh, like church program the church is offering. Like it could just be something that you're doing at your home, inviting families to. Like you could be the ho- you could be the host, and you don't have to necessarily. I think there's a fear that if you if you join a group, you have to be you're going to take on a ton of responsibility, and that's not always the case. And so somebody can host, somebody can lead, somebody can bring food. You can kind of split up all those responsibilities, or somebody can just show up if they just they can't do any of that, but they want community. Just they just need to sh- to come and, and show up. Um, so my, my point would be that it doesn't have to be a program the church offers. It's you can just have um, families that have the same you know, worldview as you do, other Catholic families that are striving for holiness in their lives. That Those are the people that I want in my life to hold me accountable for being a good husband and father. Those are the kids I want my kids around. Those are the adults I want my kids around. And so you know, you, I'm going to have a poker night in a couple of weeks and inviting some people to come play poker. And um, it's just, again, just to help build that, build that community. And so um, you can... You can build it around an event like that, or you can just say, hey, let's just get together and have a potluck, let's throw the Frisbee, grill out, have a barbecue, and just kind of get to know each other as, as um, people who have the same worldview as you. But So my tip would be, I think, just step out of your comfort zone and, and take that take that risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Our tip kind of goes along with that. Um, our tip, I think, would be to just find another family at your church with young children that kind of match up with your children's ages and introduce yourself. I mean, that's what worked for us the first time, we just found that family, introduced ourselves, and it kind of went from there. So I encourage you to step out of your comfort zone, introduce yourself to another family, um, and just kind of see where it goes. Yeah, if I can just add, trust the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And allow him in to it. He wants community. He's all about unity. So let him lead. Don't try and do it yourself. Yeah, some would say he's a part of a community of persons. I've heard, yeah. I heard that somewhere. That's not my check. <laughs> Tom, what you got for us? Well, uh, I'll try to keep it short, but again, uh, you guys have just encapsulated so much, but I'm, I'm a teacher and I'm always thinking in terms of systems. These guys know that, but an acronym that I use because we've been in a community for 32 years since before we were married. My wife and I have always had a small faith sharing community, even before we were married. So we've, we've, we've helped develop a lot, uh, uh, we helped get a, our, our parish before we were here in Atlanta, um, the pastor to, to hire a full-time person who just built small communities at the parish. So, I mean, that was awesome. I mean, this person's full-time job was to create small communities at our parish. Uh, here's a quick acronym, uh, and I just use love, L-O-V-E. But I, L stands for L stands for life. Basically, you, you, you commit to do life together, right? And so it's 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 the... Sharing the messiness. Okay, so I, I so if I was gonna, people say, so how do we do it? Like, what do we do? I said, well, just just try this formula. L stands for kind of life. Just do life together. The O stands for an, an openness to know the other person. In other words, we all want to be known and loved. So we all go there. And we want we want to be loved, but an openness to know this person who's in front of me. Huge, absolutely huge. Because then you feel safe. You feel open. The V stands. You guys have talked about it. It's the vulnerability. Some people are afraid of the word vulnerability. Maybe a better word might be authenticity mm-hmm. because, you know, okay, it's going to be hard for me to be vulnerable, but I can be authentic. I can be who I'm called to be. You know, so even though the V is there for vulnerability, but I, the word I really like to use is authenticity, vulnerability, and be authentic. And the E ultimately is the environment. 
find an environment that works for everybody, you know, whether it's, it's whether it's a safe environment, whether it's just a, a kid friendly environment, whether it's, um, uh, you know, an open, whatever it is, you do whatever you can to create the ambiance, the environment that fosters small faith sharing community. So that's my tip <laughs> for you, Alan. Nice. Good one. The wisdom of Tom McCabe. If, if I could add just a quick tip for youth ministers and DREs, would be, you know, I hear them a lot um, lamenting at how difficult it is to engage parents in programming. And so I encourage them, try try one group. Try finding four families, putting them together and see how it goes and see what happens at your parish where you work and see if that doesn't grow and um, if there aren't new insights for you in engaging parents mm-hmm. and engaging families into other aspects of the, the parish community. I think you'd be surprised. Mm. All right, so good. Hey, it's been a pleasure uh, having you guys on the show. We love being yes, here. It's been great. This is good. I'm looking forward to our next podcast. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. And for our listeners out there, uh, if you have any tips for uh, the listeners as well, if you have any tips for if you're doing community or doing life with people in your neck of the woods and you want to uh, you know, lay some, drop some wisdom on us, and please, please do. And if you have any questions uh, for us uh, about the topic today or just in general, please send us an email to ascensionroundtable at ascensionpress.com. Ask us, ask us a question. We would love to answer it. We might even uh, read your question on the air, or if you leave us a voicemail, play it on the air. So please get in touch with us. Let us know what's going on out there and what you want us to talk about, and we would love to do that. Scott, Casey, um, thank you so much for joining us. Tom, always a pressure. I mean, always a pleasure. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we'll see you guys next time. Have an awesome day. Peace. Peace.